Otherwise, it's just three bald dudes hanging out, and that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody needs that. <laughs> We're actually used to it. We have a third buddy that's bald. Oh, nice. Yeah, there, there can only be three. You had to kick him out to, me, to keep the Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which we one is Father, in, Son, out. Holy Spirit? Welcome to today's show. <laughs> <laughs> If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the fuse, we're here to help. I'm Ty Hua, here with my co-host, John Kahns, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals. Every week, you can expect engaging discussions, expert interviews, and actionable advice to help you move Jesus' mission forward in your parish. Today, we have an interview with a real, live Catholic ministry professional, Taylor Schroll. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I, I lost the technology to play the music for my own podcast long ago, so I haven't been able to truly dance to podcast music in a while. We just fake it now, and then we put music on <laughs> right. later. So that was a very special experience for me, brought back to the old days of podcasting. You know, Taylor, so provide that. one, one yeah. thing that I do miss um, from you that I don't know if I really have seen in recent episodes is your loud, boisterous intros. Yeah, I think it was losing. I think I was losing audience members. So if you really want me to do it, I can. But I think you would lose audience members, and I don't think that's the goal of me being here. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, my my mom and her ten friends in ministry, they'll they might stop listening. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, we really appreciate you being on here, Taylor. We're excited. It's going to be a great conversation. Um, before we begin, though, let me get out of the way. You tell people a little about yourself, what your ministry looks like, what's your story, what led you to ministry? Yeah, sure. So the thing that led me to ministry is like I, I had a huge conversion experience uh, as a young man in, in high school. So I really got started in high school youth ministry trying to, you know, mm -hmm. trying to give back what I received because like all the statistics that you've all heard about, about people leaving the church, like I fit every single one of those statistics and by the grace of God, and and you, know, you mentioned your mom, but the prayers of my mom, I'm still here, right? So um, I wanted to give back and kind of help with that. So long time in youth ministry, about 10 to 12 years. And then uh, a few years ago, I was always kind of doing uh, speaking and, and worship leading and podcasting on the side. And then uh, three years ago, I launched my own uh, not Catholic nonprofit doing those three things, speaking, leading worship, and and podcasting hosting hosting my own show and doing production for a, a lot of other shows like you know like like something like this i've also worked with like a, a little short little priest you might have heard of father mike schmitz i've done some work with him on on, on you know maybe a podcast he's done before too so mm -hmm. um that's that's how we got here today that was the the fastest way i've ever done that like 15 year history so either you're oh, welcome great. or i'm sorry i'm not sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's great and, and you you go all over the place i saw you were just in ireland weren't you I was, yeah. This is really good timing. I'd never looked fancy until this week. So this is perfect timing on y'all's part. So thank you. <laughs> International. I've never yeah, it, I, this is the first the first time I've ever appeared on anything as an international Catholic speaker right here. Oh, nice, so, man. Uh, yeah, Mr. Worldwide. I know. I, yeah, yeah, the bald thing, Mr. Worldwide. I like what you're doing. So, uh, Fantastic. Yeah, I'd never, I had never even traveled overseas. And mm -hmm. yeah, I went to go speak to a bunch of Indian kids in Ireland. You know, just exactly the group mm -hmm. of people that you that you thought I would expect I to see over there. Over yeah. There. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it was great, man. Yeah, I did some work with the Sierra Malabar Rite Catholics mm -hmm. and 
Mm-hmm. Got to got to do a little bit of Indian culture, a little bit of Irish culture, and now I'm back hanging out with you guys, and I'm still jet lagged, and uh, may or may not have been late to this. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it should make for great to- great conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, beings, how you're so traveled, you're so you know, got a lot of experience um, in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Um, one of the things that we're really passionate about is in our ministry, two Catholic ministry professionals. We really want to help in whatever way we can, with those daily frustrations that they have in their ministries. It, it really kicked off for me when my wife asked me why my ministry friends and I complained so much about working for Jesus, because it should be the best job in the world. And and so just from your experience, um, your own experience working in ministry, where do you see a lot of Catholic ministry professionals getting frustrated in their work? Oh, you want to talk to the guy who quit working in a parish for these oh, exact yeah. reasons? <laughs> I now work for myself for a plethora of reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that, oh, I just saw the question pop up. It confused me. I, I'm sorry for your audio listeners. That really confused me. See, y'all are so much more high tech than my podcast. So, um, well, we have to make up for a lack of content. <laughs> no, it's great. It's really, really good. Uh, I, I think one of the big frustrations is um, working for a priest, even if he's a good priest and a good man may not be a good leader of like, and the business side of things. Right. We, we see mm-hmm. this a lot, like our priests, it's not, uh, so, uh, there could be some fault there, but a lot of it's not even their fault. Right. They're, they're trained to be theologians. They're trained to be, you know, to, to give us the sacraments. They're trained uh, for all these things. They're not trained for accounting. They're not trained to make leadership decisions. They're not trained to, uh, you know, be a manager of a multi-million dollar organization, which is what most medium-sized to large parishes are, right? So yeah. I think that's where a lot of frustration that that I've seen has come in because they're like, if you're a, if, if you're working for the church, you're probably a pretty well hearted Catholic, the large majority of people have, have mm-hmm. a good heart, right? Um, yeah, sure, frustration can build up, but like, um, it, it's a hard thing as a layperson to be like, oh, I, I love this priest, but it's hard to work for him, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I know that's where a lot of my uh, frustrations has, has stemmed mm-hmm. from. So uh, my the only advice that I've ever found that works there is to find a priest that's good to work for. <laughs> I, I don't have any advice if that's not an option for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's just fine. I, and that echoes a lot of what we've talked about. Yes, they, they're trained to do this one specific thing, and then they're given 100 extra jobs on top of it. Yeah. And, exactly. and very little support. And, and we've said a lot, even for Catholic ministry professionals, the lay professionals, you get really good training in theology, in liturgy, in blah, 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 blah. But they don't ever teach you how do you work around an office where there's different levels of incompetencies, you know, to call it what it is. And how do we make up for where others lack? And and it is also then compounded by the fact that we're working in ministry. So we just kind of feel like, well, I just got to offer it up. This is just what it is. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at it with kind of those practical approaches of how can I have better conversations with my pastor to lead towards more fruitful and impactful work. So I, I appreciate you really, um, really voicing that for us. Sure. So Taylor, one of the things that I just, in envisioning your job, right? Because you, you used to be in, in ministry within that capacity. Now you're, you're kind of running your own apostolate, if you will. When you're hired and brought in to speak in a school, can you tell uh, the differences in the, the, the parishes and the schools that are bringing you in as far as like the ministry side? Like, oh man, th- 
this school really has it together. They know what they're doing. They're they're pumping on all cylinders versus one that's like they're just, you know, trying to get by and and they threw this this retreat together. Can you tell that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's usually uh most of the time what I found uh, what I appreciate is when like the ministry professionals at the parishes or at the conferences or at retreats or whatever uh where I found the events can still go well is when they're honest with me about where they are. Uh you know, there's there's a lot of people that I get brought in uh, there's two main scenarios. I get brought in because the place is thriving and they want to continue to go grow deeper, right? Or I get brought in because it's like, hey, we just need to help kind of kickstart this thing, right? right? And those are those are two different events. Like if I'm coming in uh, to to lead worship for like your Wednesday night Bible study group, like these are the kids that are really brought in. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about like the 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 frustrations and or or the pitfalls and being like. A, a daily Catholic and like what, what, you know, we're going to talk about like overscrupulosity there. Right. Or something yeah. like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you, if, if, a, if a parish leader, youth minister, whatever comes in and says like, Hey, this is our one confirmation retreat a year that they, they really don't know Jesus. It's like pulling teeth at small group. It's like, okay, I, I'm not going to dive deep into praise and worship there because they're not going to care. I've, I've led worship enough where no one cares in the room that mm-hmm. like, we're going to play a game where I, I'm going to tell some jokes and then I'm going to share the kerygma at the end and we're going to move on into our next activity. And like just being able to hear that from from the people who are like locally with these kids or with these adults all the time. That's that's been really helpful because like it can be real awkward if you're trying to do something serious, like try to try to dive deep with a, with a group mm-hmm. of people. And I, I've had to make that decision on the fly. Like if I don't get told or it's like, hey, yeah, our youth ministry is great. And then I hear like, oh, it was great. And then we fired our youth minister six years ago and we haven't done anything since. It's like, OK. We're changing on the fly. You know, I was going to dive deep in and now we're going to just kind of, you know, do some crowd work and then we're going to mm. go into the Kringman, you know, call it a night. So. You, you can only shout sing into the microphone so yeah, many times. Exactly, before you exactly. gotta try to change tack there. There, yeah. there have been multiple times where I'm just like, hello. You know, I, I was actually talking with somebody recently. I, I was like, you know, like, because some you know like stand-up comedians talk about bombing, right? And yep. like what you do when mm-hmm. you're bombing mm-hmm. is you go like as a comedian is you go to your best material, the stuff that works in Middle America and in New York City and in California. You go to that material, and I listen to some comedians that when they really bomb, it's when they go to that stuff and it's not working. You know, like oh no, mm-hmm. we're in for a long night, right? So uh, I've been in some scenarios like that recently. I'm like oh I'm gonna go to the tried and true thing, but the one thing that I uh, I was joking with a guy I I. I I did three sessions at this recent event. The first one was miserable for everybody, me and them. They, they just were not ready for this first session. Everybody was tired. Everybody, nobody slept the night before. Like, mm. Nobody was ready for this, right? Um, so we were joking. Like, that didn't really go too well. The second, third sessions went really well. Uh, and what the thing that I did was I did a lot more vocal dynamics than I'm used to. <laughs> and it's just, it's just really hard to sleep when I'm yelling about at you about the love of God. I'm not, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. And I could tell they were like kind of shocked in the, in the views, you know, I was like, Jesus loves you in the voice that says you're going to hell, but it's the exact opposite thing of what I was saying, you know? So that was, that was a lot of fun. Oh, oh yeah. You got, <laughs> you've got the perfect voice for that. That's just, that's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what the question was, but it got fun at the end, so I just kept yeah. yelling. <laughs> yeah. So Taylor, you're you're mentioning all of these different things that you have to utilize 
um, whether it's on the fly or if you know in advance, right? All these different tools that you got to reach into your, your toolbox to dig out. What tools do you think every parish needs to have in their tool belt for the ministry, their ministry in the 21st century? So uh, just uh, one that's very practical, and I'm not affiliated anyway. I'm not getting any any money for this, right? But download youth ministry. Have y'all used this? I, I used it all the time. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. So like talking about for games and mm-hmm. even within the games, there's games that you can play with like these different groups that we've been talking about. Right. So there's some like Bible trivia ones. Like one of my favorite ones, cause I'm a star Wars nerd is like star Wars or the Bible. And it's like, is this a quote from Qui-Gon Jinn or, you know, St. Paul, like, you know, like uh, there's one that was like uh, which rock said it. And it was either the rock, like the wrestler or St. Peter. Uh, that one kind of <laughs> got me in trouble because it had Dwayne without a shirt on and some places didn't like that whatever right um but um have, they, have, have some... they ever looked at a cru- at a crucifix yeah i i, I know. i'm like he's whatever he's Jesus right isn't wearing a shirt either. <laughs> yeah exactly um so uh download you just games like there's they're really cheap you can do the monthly subscription or you can just pay like five bucks for yeah. the game that you want to play it's there's, there's a ton that you can find there so i what i always have like my like uh go-to things whenever things may not go well i don't really know what i'm walking walking into i always have a game ready to go whether i use it or not like if Mm -hmm. if we just came out of mass and we're going into adoration i'm probably not gonna play witch rock set it right but like um there's a you know like having your charisma talk just always ready to go like like hey this is the message of of god sin (laughs) and you know Mm -hmm. jesus came here's your response to it right um but then also like a, a simple prayer experience. Like I, I started in ministry as a, as a worship leader. That was the first thing that I did um, even before I was speaking or, or anything. And so that was always kind of my go-to of like, Hey, we're going to do praise and worship, but that's kind of uh, de- depending on the scenario. In most scenarios, it's not the most welcoming thing. It's kind of for the people that are already bought in for the most part. Right. So I just started doing this prayer thing of like, uh, it's, a, it's real simple. It's like, we're going to do, 10 things of praise. You can like use either your fingers or a rosary, right? We're going to do 10 prayers of praise, just teaching them the four types of prayers. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, thank the glory, right? Then we're going to do 10, 10 prayers of um, uh, like saying you're sorry, right? Of of confession, of you're not going to confession, but we're, it's like an examination. Contrition, yeah. Yeah, here's where, I, here's where I fell this week. We're not doing that part out loud. Just give them like two minutes, you know, in, in their mind. Then we're doing 10 prayers of Thanksgiving. God, I thank you for this gift, for the gift of this podcast, for the gift of my family, for the gift of the card game that I was playing before we came on. Like, just Thanksgiving, right? And then finally, prayers of petition. Have them pray 10 prayers for other people and then 10 prayers for themselves. And it's just this simple, like, prayer tool that's always in my belt, right? To where if, like, if the talk isn't really going well, and I'm like, or, or I can just kind of tell it's that after lunch session and like, they're just done. It's like, okay, let's, let's pray. They're done hearing me talk. Let's just talk to God. Right. Or if it's like, you know, you were supposed to go for 30 minutes and it's been 20 minutes and you're done. <laughs> like, you know, let's do, let's do some time in prayer. Mm-hmm. So having like something kind of fun and silly, some jokes, some games ready to go at the beginning, always having some kind of talk ready to go for the middle. And then that, you know, some kind of simple version of prayer, like, like that example that I use is just. You know, you just always have something ready to go. So I, mm-hmm. it, that could work in any situation. Absolutely. So as you're, as you've stepped into this new role in ministry, right, there's um, a real desire to minister well. I think that's what led you this way to be able to overcome some of the roadblocks in ministry that you experienced working in a parish. Uh, but 
that said, there's a desire for real fruit, right? So you're in this ministry, you get to guide the ship. Um, how do you balance the spiritual side of ministry uh, with the practical side? Kind of that classic, it's not about the numbers, and yet it's all, it's kind of about the numbers, you know? I mean, the, the numbers do matter. How do we balance that out in ministry? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, the the youth ministry that I grew up in, like that I'm a product of, uh, it, there was this interesting thing where we had a lot of kids that, uh, like in a lot of parishes, after confirmation just dropped out and probably never showed their face in, in church again, right? But there are dozens of us from the like, you know, the four, four classes ahead of me, four classes behind me, like kind of like my age group that we were doing all this church stuff with. There's priests, there's, there were seminarians, there's, uh, there's tons of people in ministry, there's tons of people that went on net, like there's, it, it's, it's almost like there's a lot of like professional ministry, kind of cream of the crop kids, right, that, that came up in this youth group, and there, it was brought, th this similar question was brought up of like, okay, we have a lot of kids leaving, but we also have like, a lot of kids like, really doing good stuff, right? And, and the question was brought, it's like, which is better, that or like a group when 50 stays, but and they're just like mediocre Catholics, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. But it's a good question to ask. Right. So because yeah. there are two different kinds of fruit. Like I, I think in like the night, you know, before, you know, like the 1940s in, in the U.S., 90 percent of people had their butts and pews every Sunday. But nobody cared. Nobody was bought in. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, Pope Benedict who was talking about, like, we're going to go to a smaller church and but it's going to be a, a church of people whose whose hearts are in it. Right. So I think over time, any good ministry has a balance of both. Like it's evangelical in nature, like able to reach people who are kind of on the fringes of faith or like, especially if we're working with teens or with like, a lot of times we see it like with guys our age, like with dads that are kind of on the fringes of faith, kind of around, but maybe not super bought in. Like being evangelical in a way and having things set up that can bring them in, kind of appeal to them. Like for our adults at our parish, like we're doing Alpha. Like it's just a really simple program. Here's 10 lessons on the basics of faith. You can ask your questions. You can argue. You can do all these things, right? But then we also have like the program that I, that I lead called Foundations. It's for adults and any adults that's gone through Alpha in our parish. And it's like a theology course for adults. It's like, you know, like a mini RCIA or like, you know, we call it youth group for adults, whatever, right? Where we're having time of food, time, uh, me and another person who work professionally in ministry, giving a talk, have some time for small group, and, and we like build community together, right? So I, I think any good ministry is going to show both, like have like the evangelical side and the more like catechetical side, like that, you know, helping people in discipleship and grow further in, in their faith. Um, I'm sure there's more, but I, again, I've forgotten the question. I have to read it again off my little prompter here. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And then just, yeah, just with like, but the first side, the the first like angle on this is I always think of like I worked with uh, Catholic school kids in campus ministry for a long time. I still coach at our local Catholic school, so I still have like a relationship with them. And like balancing practical and spiritual, the the thing with them that always drives me insane is like their tests. Like they're like, oh God, help me on this test. I'm like, did you study, Taylor? <laughs> Taylor, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me for this test? I'm really stressed out. Did you study? No. Then no, I'm not praying for you. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. This is like. Like God gave you the brain, he gave you the time, and you chose not to do it. Go ask some other sucker to pray for it, right? So uh, even like with the people that we're working with, trying to find this balance between the practical and the spiritual as well. Yeah, absolutely. I And I even too, I, I encourage a lot of people, it, we just did an episode on building thriving rural parishes because you can mask in a large parish. You can kind of mask if you're not evangelizing just because there's a lot more volume 
of people. When you get into a really rural parish, a small town, 1,200 people, you know everyone and you know if they're not in church. And, and, and so you just can't hide as well. And so my encouragement is always, if, so if you can't build it, practically speaking, the numbers build the depth, right? Dig down yeah. deep, you know, and that that's a really good way to do that. And, and I see you doing that intentionally with those kids, those moments of, um, did you pray or, or did you study? No. Okay, dummy. Like, <laughs> here's your right. learning yeah, experience. Yeah. You know, here's something you can learn about God. Like, he gave you a brain, and he wants you to use it, and and he values that. And so, it co- becomes that opportunity then to to build that depth, which feeds both the practical and the spiritual side of ministry. I love that. What you just said definitely has, has worked for Ty because I met him in one of those very small towns that has oh, nobody yeah. living in it, and he's gone very deep, not very yeah. wide, but very yeah. deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Funny to to mention it's it's coincidental, but that small town uh, that I was a a member of the parish, I I moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, a bigger town. I would imagine uh, most people would say. I've been there, not much yeah. bigger. Um, <laughs> it's quite a bit bigger. But John moved from Sioux Falls to Lamar's. Oh huh? no way! Yeah. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> hey, you can say that, but it's the ice cream capital of the world. No, it's I not. Mean, I live me in the ice cream capital of the world. We have no. Blue Bell ice cream 30 minutes from my house, the factory. Never um, even heard of it, yeah. but everybody's heard yeah, of Blue I mean, Bunny. Blue Bunny's. <laughs> yeah. What, what is that? I saw, about Easter? I saw a Schwann's <laughs> truck driving around, and I'm, I'm surprised they even allowed them in this town because we're Blue Bunny all the way. <laughs> oh, funny. All well, right. Living so, in the north sounds terrible. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the winter storms aren't very fun. Yeah. So, hey, I, I want to touch on your experience going um, across the country, speaking at different parishes, um, different groups that you've you've obviously talked to and worked with. Where do you see ministry being done well? Uh, it's it's your chance to brag on on somebody. It could be your own parish. It could be one that you've spoken at, or uh, quite frankly, one that you'd like to speak at that you follow online, like. Where do you actually see ministry being done well? Uh, mostly Iowa, South Dakota, that kind of area of the country. It's going really, going really well over there. Um, w- one thing, I, I will talk locally, but just because it doesn't have anything to do with me. But like we, we had some, um, as you may or may not have picked up earlier, we had some rough times with, with our priests here, here locally. Um, uh, one of them's no longer a priest, but you know, stuff like that, like really yeah. kind of tough times with our priests. But the, what, where I'll brag is our new priest that we got two and a half years ago, our parish was in a place where like, it was, it was big, but we had been spiritually dead for two, three years because of our priest situation. Like when the, the shepherd's not leading well, the flock's going to go sure. astray, right. Or, or be hurt by the shepherd. Right. I mean, all, all those sorts of things. Um, our new priest came in two, almost three years ago. And he's just, he's just a rock star uh, in, in the good sense of the term. Like he's not bombastic. He's not all about him. He came in and he's like, how do we evangelize, re-evangelize our parish? And then once we do that, how can we evangelize our, our neighborhood? Like literally the place that, that our parish is. He came in, we had almost nothing for adults. And now in two and a half years, we have an entire discipleship, um, you know, like a lot of the stuff from like forming intentional disciples that I'm sure you guys are, yeah, have read, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. how, how do we meet people that have never been 
never been to church, don't care about the church. We now have stuff for that. We, you know, stuff like RCIA. We have Alpha that is just thriving at our parish. What well, what about adults who uh, are into their faith but haven't don't don't have a, any theology over eighth grade other than what they picked up in in homilies because they haven't you know it's been forty years and like so we started this like these foundations courses and these teaching courses of like and, and man like the the most beautiful ministry experience I've ever been a part of is work because I've mostly worked with kids before so it's like you know we we do confirmation here in tenth grade they got their first communion in second grade so a lot of times we're getting kids beautiful moments of like eight years since their last confession, they come, they make a good confession, right? That's always been great. But over the last few months, like we have people that have not gone to confession for 40, 45 years that are going to confession, 30, 25 years, 30 years, just in a group of 20 people, there's like hundreds of years of confessions just going away. And it's all because of the leadership of, of our pastor and just how he leads, how he's like a good shepherd, you know, laying his life down, uh, leading us well. Uh, you know, he's he's the proponent of all this. He brought in Alpha. He started foundations. He started uh, like life groups. He started, uh, you know, these discipleship groups. And like our parish, like I love being at my parish right now because of him. And I can't tell you how much it sounds weird to say because I'm supposed to be a good Catholic. I, I hated going to my parish Ooh. like four to three years ago like that in that mm -hmm. span, mm -hmm. it, it was just such an ugly place uh, uh, for lots and lots of reasons. And now like one man changed. And because of that one man changing, it has now changed the minds and the hearts of myself and our entire congregation. I got goosebumps, man. Like the place was dead. And now like our Catholic church, kind of a weird scenario, our Catholic church bought uh, the Protestant mega church down the road a few, like 20 years ago because we needed more school space. But now like we don't fit in our Catholic church anymore. We went over to the Protestant megachurch. We put a monstrance or not, like a you know tabernacle. We put some state saint statues, and now on Christmas and Easter, we're over there because it fits twenty six hundred people and it's standing room only. Like that's where our parish is now, and it was not even anywhere close to that. It was like Praise dead on Jesus. Christmas in the other place. Like, yeah. It's just yeah, it, it's amazing what a good priest can do, what a good leader can do. Can so we ask what the name events. of this priest is? Yeah, Father Brian Eilers uh, here in the Diocese of Austin. So I, I'm in College Brian College Station, which is like where Texas A&M is, uh, but we're we're right on the fringes of Diocese of Austin. Uh, so yeah, he's been a priest for about 20 years, worked in the seminary for years. Mm -hmm. This is the first time that he's been, uh, sorry, not the first time. The first time he's been a pastor anywhere more than two years. He was a pastor for like nine months at a couple of places, but mm -hmm. most of his 20-something years has been the seminary. Yeah, he's just he's just incredible. So can you uh, remember back like what was his first move in as far as like trying to re-evangelize the parish? Like what was his first practical move in that? Yeah, a lot of a lot of the first things had to do with uh, with the mass and uh, because primarily because it was his I mean, that's his primary contact with mm -hmm. most of the community and mass went from like yes it is a thing that we had to do but it definitely felt like it you know like mm -hmm. it, this is a thing we all have to do we're just gonna get through it you know what I mean? everybody like pick up your cross and go right exactly like we've all been there and like mm -hmm. it, just kind of my story with it, a lot of things in life happen it's all around covid and the parish stuff and all scandals and all this kind of stuff right but like my faith it's like look man and, and like i think a lot of people that are in ministry I, I i don't know if you ever thought about it, but like what's your how long can you go on your own power? I don't mean without God, but like, mm -hmm. um, like we're so used to pouring into other people 
how long can you go without being poured into? I found out my number. It's somewhere about seven to nine months because I was not being spiritually fed by our priests, by going to mass, by adoration. Like there's just nothing feeding me, nobody fathering me, none of this stuff, right? Um, And I lasted about seven to nine months before I fell apart. And it took him being here. So the changes he made was standing out, simple things, standing outside the, the church, 15 to two minutes before mass and greeting everybody that came in, going up to the podium and welcoming everybody. Hey, we're glad you're here. You know, th- this is our parish. W- welcome to mass. Um, going to mass, caring about the homily, caring about the music. He did make some changes in the music because there had been groups there for 30, 40 years that were probably good 20 years ago, you know, um, <laughs> just improvements in the music. Like his homilies are good, which was a change. And like, and then after mass, he's just joyful the whole time he's doing mass he's joyful the whole time before the whole time after and it just felt like oh like we we can our parish now has a dad that we like and that was the first and the big thing that just pervaded through all of the details that that was the big thing that that popped into my brain is there is a very real spiritual fatherhood that our priests embody and uh, i experienced that in a little way um we had uh, i was working at a parish and as our pastor was going into retirement, the, the deacon, we were at a staff meeting and he said, you know, Father, this must be kind of hard for you. You know, you, you feel like a, a dad kind of moving away from his kids. And he said, he kind of said, hell no, <laughs> I don't have any kids. <laughs> and, and, it, it, you know, it was kind of an off the cuff. He's like, no, I don't feel like that at all. But for all of us, and we all talked about it afterwards, of course, um, after the meeting had ended, but it felt like a real rejection from a father figure. Yeah, like it was nuts. a re- very real spiritual rejection for all of us. And, and we just kind of brushed it off and moved on. But I, I mean, I've got, a, I could rant forever because the, the priest as a person, as a father, he really matters. He really matters. And in a very real way, just in the same way that the way I look at my kids, the way, like if I constantly look annoyed at my kids when they come up to interrupt everything that I'm doing, they're, they're going to, they're going to receive that for real. And so our pastors in your spiritual fatherhood, your face matters, right? Your face matters. What you do matters. And, and you don't get to shove it off just because it's in a spiritual sense. God, yes, God makes up for you lack in a lot of ways. But if your face, if you don't look like you love me, I'm going to receive that. And, and so, yeah, it, that's just so important. Like, God bless uh, Father Brian Eilers, yeah. Father Brian in the Diocese of Austin. Like, he must be doing really good work there. And for just being that example of, of, of just fatherly presence to his parishioners. That sounds life-changing. Yeah. yeah I'm going to, I'm going to recommend that the diocese of Sioux Falls reach out to see if we can get him make a trade or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you might, it might, it might have to be one of the, like, uh, you know, like in the NBA where you trade like one guy for nine draft picks, we might have to trade your entire seminary, you know, for, <laughs> for, for, for 10 years of, of, of father Brian. That's right. Kind of thing, so. Yeah. We'll give him a couple uh first round draft picks. For the next couple yeah, of years. exactly. We'll take we'll take uh, Father Travis Cot Crotty and uh, Crotty. Yeah, <laughs> no, can't have him. <laughs> so one of the things that we we like to ask Catholic ministry professionals is, what is their favorite resource right now? What is your favorite ministry resource? Ah, uh, the Forte Catholic Podcast is the best thing that's ever been created. Hey, <laughs> God bless it. Tell us more. No, thank you. Um, that, that was me vamping. Uh, favorite ministry resource? I don't know. I think I might have already said it with the download youth ministry. I'm trying to think of what else that I use. Um, 
So uh, on the worship side, if you are a parish that does like worship stuff, if you if your worship leaders aren't using on song, it's it's the greatest thing ever for worship leaders. So now I'm getting pretty niche, but you can have all your all your all your worship songs in any key that you want, super easy. Like especially like somebody that like travels to other parishes, like what key do y'all sing this in? What, what songs do y'all like? And I just can pull them up, fix that list. Um, Pro Presenter uh, is in, you know, the software for like projecting you can project like i you can do like a whole youth night or a whole you know like i've done uh like parish missions on it and stuff where you you put up the games and you could pull up the worship and you could put up your like talk slides and stuff so um you know it's a little expensive make your parish pay for it that sort of thing but I, i'm mm-hmm. thinking you got me thinking on the practical side again well Absolutely. no this is this is good too i mean there's a lot of um music ministry people that probably don't know about on song that quite honestly would make their lives a lot easier um, or just elevate their ministry to where people are enjoying the music versus, you know, they're playing the wrong key or, or whatever, you know, they, right. they just, they don't like the music and maybe this gives them a, a little bit of an edge to, to perform better. Uh, and I hate to say it in, in that context, but there is a level of performance when you're doing that type of ministry, right? Like even at, right. at mass myself, when you kind of refer to in your parish where they they kind of upgraded their music there's certain times that i don't enjoy mass and now it's not about me i get it but when the the singing's really good holy cow will i start to belt it out but on the flip side if it's not very good i'm not as you know involved yeah yeah, and that's that. You know, like every it drives me crazy because every person on the internet that's Catholic is like, "Oh, it's not about the music. It's not about the homily. It's about Jesus." I'm like, "Yeah, this is the main hour the church does. We should probably do it well." Like, <laughs> I, and I get it. It's gonna be bad at some point, like as a parishioner. But if you're a Catholic ministry professional, this is the stuff we do, right? <laughs> we should have. How hard is it to have 15 minutes of good music, 10 minutes of a good sermon, and to read words? It's really not that difficult. It really isn't. It drives me crazy when it's not. Oh, I, I get it, man. I, I've had numerous priests tell me, yeah, I know I'm not the best speaker, but you know, I know there's, again, that spiritual reality that God uses me anyway. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll grant you study that, for but... your test. Father? No, I'm not listening to your homily. <laughs> but it might help some of the dumber people in the room. If, if you did a little better, that's right, all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, one of my spiritual gifts to the, to, to my priest friends is to poke holes in their homily. Uh, yes. Know, to, to, make, to, to kind of make fun of them and stuff. And it's, it's a, it's a spiritual gift that I'm giving them in order to help them improve for the body of Christ. Well, you, my thing, I think what I'm going to do, maybe my New Year's resolution this year, you know how people always go through the line, they shake Father's hand at the end of Mass, nice homily, Father. And I'm just going to be honest, I'll be like, not your best, Father, not your best. Yeah. <laughs> Try again next week. We'll see you again next week. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we, we had a we had a uh, associate pastor that uh, he's mm-hmm. like, it was an in- interesting situation because we've known each other since we were in uh, like first year of college. I was first year of college. He was in seminary. We've been friends for years. And then by God's grace, he became our associate pastor for like a year and a half. 
and I literally critiqued something on his homily. Even like everyone else, it became a joke. Everyone else is coming. He's an incredible homilist, one of the best homilists I've ever heard, right? But I always found one thing to say, this could have been better. This could have been better. And it was That's our awesome. little like joke every time. Mm -hmm. So whenever he left, talking about spiritual fatherhood, almost the exact opposite situation that you said, I'm, I'm sorry that mine was much better than yours. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, he said like, I feel like I'm leaving my kids. Like almost the exact opposite of what you heard. So oh, I, that's sorry. what we all want to hear. Uh, well, I'm I'm going to receive uh, that fatherhood through you. Yeah, there you go. From from over here in the Diocese of Austin. So, But uh, on, on his last final homily that he said here at the parish, I was like, it was great. It was perfect. So we ended the joke and, it, and we moved on. Yes. It was great. So. That's fantastic. <laughs> great. Well, one, one big question, and uh, this is the one that all our listeners love, so you got to nail it. Uh, if you had the attention of the whole world for 90 seconds, what would you say? Subscribe to the Morticat. <laughs> <laughs> and you should it's a great uh, podcast it's a great podcast <laughs> the whole world for 90 seconds i mean i've mentioned it a bunch so i kind of feel like it's okay i won't do the krigma i'll do part of like kind of the, the craziest thing about the gospel that we don't understand is that uh, my favorite my favorite uh scripture is that while we were still sinners christ died for us and i think so many of us in ministry or so many people that we're ministering to feel like we're good catholics when we're praying and holding our hands together in mass and we don't realize that god's death and resurrect on the cross and his resurrection applies to our worst moments too it's not just when we're being the perfect catholics like it wasn't just for the moments that you were praying your rosary or going to confession that Jesus died for you. He died for you when you're doing that sin that you regret the most in your entire life that you can never take back and you still feel bad about, even though you've been to confession too many times about it, right? He died for us in those moments. Like that's how much God loves me, how much he loves you, is that he loved us while we were still sinners, while we were enemies of him. He took the bullet for us as an enemy when most of us would you know, probably take a bullet for our family and friends and probably not a random person and definitely not our enemies, but that's what God did for us. So I don't know if that was 90 seconds, but there you go. It was 91. We'll, we'll clip it. Ah, dang it. You got to cut out the part about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who do you think that we should have on our show next? Uh, can you get Jesus? <laughs> Is that a possibility? What about, what about Pope Francis? Well, uh, he, Father Brian like I, he doesn't return my texts. Yeah. We'll work yeah. on him. Yeah, yeah. He blocked me a while ago. Um, who should get, have you, I, I'm guessing Ty, you've probably had Fred Schellebarger on. Yeah. No, not yet. You need to. That's another good one. He's right. He's right okay. uh, by you guys up in that you know, weird North. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say weird, I, I'm actually going to be at an event with him this next uh, in March. I'll poke, I'll poke his brain about it. Uh, now, Ty, I don't know if Ty's confused about, he doesn't know how to feel about me making fun of the North or about Fred. Is there some rift between you and Fred I don't know about? No, there's no rift. I, I just, I, I haven't talked to Fred in, well, since I moved to Sioux Falls, you know, um, he invited oh, me to. You think you're better than him now? <laughs> Would you start with like some humility here? Right? We're, we're all on the same team here. No, I uh, I don't think I'm better than him. I just feel like he's too good for me now. Are you jealous of his hair? That's, and that's beard. I understand. I understand. Um, literally, I, however, literally, hold on. I, this, I got to get this <laughs> off my chest. Literally, every hair? bald guy <laughs> that I know can at least say I have a beard. I'm bald and I cannot grow a beard. That's so frustrating. But your eyebrows are dynamite. 
Well, <laughs> I will say I'm fighting with Fred. Oh, because okay. I moved to the diocese, introduced myself, thinking here's my in at the diocese, so I can like <laughs> jumpstart my ministry career. And then he left to do his own ministry, like the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have two less events was, a year because Fred yeah. left that job. <laughs> yep. But I, but I, I will always be thankful to Fred because Fred is was really the catalyst in. You know, I just became an international speaker, but like traveling mm. to speak nationally is because mm. of Fred. I had mm. never done an event outside of uh, Texas or Ohio, the two places that I lived. Mm. I had never done an event outside of where I lived. And Fred invited me up to your diocese. And uh, ever since that, you know, somebody was like, oh, he traveled far. Let's let him travel far over here. He, that, that, that's, 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 it's all because of Fred. All, Fred did all of it. I've done nothing. Yeah. Well, no, he, then, he's a good guy. And then that's your connection to getting Taylor on the show. So, I guess we got to write, we'll write a thank you note to Fred. We'll get that done. <laughs> All right. So I feel like I've been way too nice to my friends on this episode. I, I'm usually not this nice to people that I care about. <laughs> <laughs> so you have friends. Hold on. Oh, dang. <laughs> Good. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, my only friends are at the beard club. You're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. <laughs> dang no this has been a a really good conversation thank you for being on the podcast Uh, you've dropped hints in subtly the beginning so not so subtle very subtle very (laughs) subtle (laughs) but tell us about you know where we our listeners can reach you and and listen to your podcast and and what that's all about so what what is forte catholic Okay. You said the name. I was just going to promote your show. I thought that'd be the fun little, uh, okay. I'll do it. Uh, Forte Catholics. It's like youth group for adults. Uh, we, we have a, a show once a week. We've been going for eight years. Uh, it's me and three of my best friends. Uh, they, they rotate through once a week. I'm the constant for some reason. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm palatable, at least I guess to our listeners, uh, they, they, the, the co-host everybody loves and I'm just kind of there. So we do, uh, it's like faith and comedy. So if you think of like what, what youth ministers do all the time, it's like, Hey, let's make this fun hit them with a Bible point and then send them off to, to pray. Right. That's essentially what our show is. Um, we've been, you know, we've got, we're, we're on YouTube. Uh, we're really trying to grow that. So, you know, we're, here we are on video. So if y'all go check out the show on YouTube, that'd be great. Uh, we just did, we just released our live sh- first ever live show from overseas, our live show from Ireland. That's doing pretty well over on YouTube, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then, uh, yeah, the fortacatholic.com has all the links and everything you can find. I, when you said youth group for adults, it like all clicked into my brain. It, it, the podcast, oh, yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was just a gr- bunch of grown adults yelling at each other, but now I get <laughs> That's it. what youth group is, but with, <laughs> it's with adults. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Well, thank all y'all right. for having me. This has been, this has been fun. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being on the podcast and thank you listeners for listening to the Catholic ministry professionals podcast. If you want to transform your parish through your work, but you're not sure where to start, we want to encourage you to download our free parish health assessment at Catholic ministry slash free assessment. It's just 36 questions. It only takes about five minutes to fill out. And afterwards you will have a color coded picture of your parish's health that you can use to fuel better conversations, prioritize better work, and become a better leader. And of course, you can email us at catholicmenpros at gmail.com to share feedback or request a free consultation. And finally, don't forget to text this episode to a priest or a friend in ministry that can benefit from it.
And with that, we'll see you in the vineyard. <laughs>